Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Welcome to Hacks and Jacks, a fantasy baseball podcast. I am Joe Galena. And as always, I'm joined by my buddy, Scott Chu. How's it going today there, Scott? Oh, it's going pretty good. The The Tigers are not yet mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Uh, they've still got, according to Fangraphs, a 1.3% chance. So uh, we're in go. it, baby. We're yeah. in it. Seven games back. Yeah, and uh, what a horrible division! Like truly, the <laughs> AL Central is just terrible. Like the the Twins have have been playing better lately, but now like we finally have a team that's over five hundred. Hmm. Well, my my Yankees are over five hundred, but in last place, and and thankfully, uh, they ran into the Royals this weekend. Where we're, we're recording this on uh, Sunday, July twenty third. Uh, it's about twelve forty p.m. Eastern time. So. Like I said, thankfully the Yankees are playing the Royals because they were able to eke out two wins so far Friday and Saturday. We'll see what happens today. But big day in Yankee land where Aaron Judge is actually going to be taking some batting practice and Jonathan Loesica is going to be throwing it to him. Two guys that have been out of action for the Yankees for a while. So Yanks bullpen has been carrying them uh, for most of the season because their offense is just shut down. Um, and uh, it's shut down since Aaron judge has been out since he crashed into that wall in uh, Dodger stadium about a, seems like a month and a half ago or so, but uh, we'll see. So at least I have a little hope that uh, Aaron judge is taking some some swings, but it looks like if he does come back and there is no timetable, he's just going to DH for a while. You know, for as much as Yankee fans are are upset with how their season's going, if y'all were in the AL central, you'd be in first place. (laughs) Well, maybe we could petition to get moved. We'll, we'll see. (laughs) Uh, but, uh, so, um, let's, uh, start with, uh, Jared Kellenick outfielder for the Seattle Mariners, uh, kicked the water cooler, Scott, what an idiot, uh, struck out in the ninth inning, was upset, broke a bone in his foot. There's no timetable for his return, but obviously it's going to be several weeks. Uh, he was very apologetic, uh, fighting through tears, uh, and apologized to the fan base and whatnot. Had been batting third, playing left field. Finally, you know, a very highly touted prospect. Finally started playing well. Had 11 home runs, 12 stolen bases in his first 90 games, batted 252. But, uh, you know, for a Seattle Mariners team that's looking for offense, that's a pretty big blow. Yeah, it is. I mean, Kellenick's had a really up and down season. Obviously, he was terrible in the month of June, he actually hadn't had a home run in July either. Uh, he has 11 home runs on the season, but seven of those came in April, right? So hmm. <clears throat> the power was really front loaded. He's really struggled to find the power since then. Uh, he's a, you know, we talk about sophomore slumps a lot. Uh, it's weird to apply that to Kellenic cause he was so bad out of the gate, hmm. but <clears throat> we are seeing, you know, all these players have adjustment periods 
Uh, we know Kellenic was going through that. As, as far as the injury, yeah, I mean, that's really frustrating. I, I mean, we've all been there, right? This is not the first yeah. player <laughs> to hurt himself being mm. upset with himself. Sure. Right. right? I mean, we it. see it in every sport, uh, w- which is rough. I think with Kellenic, in redraft leagues, I'm not sure you need in 12 team redraft. I'm not sure you need to hold Kellenic on your IL unless you have free spaces already. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but if yours are already kind of jammed up, I'm probably letting him go again. We don't know how long this is going to take. These foot injuries can be really tough to come back from. It can take an extended amount of time and he wasn't playing that well to begin with. Right. Right. So even in July where he's been better, it's still zero home runs and only a 268 average. Right. So th- this isn't a guy who's just been, you know, you know, tearing the cover off the ball. He's still striking out way too much. He hasn't walked at all in July, really Uh 3.4% walk rate. Um, It's really, it's, it's been ugly. So you don't need to hold and redraft, but in dynasty, I, you know, I I've been asked, you know, in things like the AMA, you know, do I still care about Jared Kalanick and dynasty? And the answer is obviously yes. Of course. Yeah. This is, you know, as much as we want to talk about guys like, uh, Ellie De La Cruz, who who's taken to the game a lot faster. Of course, he's been struggling a little lately too. Jared Kellenick was ev- like he was pretty close to that level of prospect. Like I'd say, he wasn't quite thought of as <clears throat> as much of an impact as the guy like Julio Rodriguez, who's also struggling a little bit in his uh, sophomore season. Not to the extent of Kellenick, but uh, he's been struggling a little bit. But you know, with Kellenick, this was still a guy that I think we all expected to be a top level talent. And there's still, you know, I'm. It's probably. 2025 if we haven't seen any real results in the major leagues by 2025 that is probably when we start saying like going into 2025 that's when Mm. we start saying like okay maybe it's not going to happen yeah but the quick start that he got off to uh, this year um we're hoping that you know like you said he got that kind of sophomore the slump out of his system and could just kind of you know get going resume his career so um and the hard hit rate is way up Right. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of the underlying stuff has been better. Right. He's not popping everything up. Uh, The barrel rate is a double digit number. That's what I want to see. Forty nine point five percent hard hit rate, uh, you know, for him. It's you know, he's hitting the ball a bit more to the pole field, which means he's getting a bit more of that power. There there are good signs happening. Mm -hmm. Right. It's just a matter of like baby steps. You know, this stuff isn't linear. It does. They don't just get better. I think we've seen baby steps from Jared Kalanick that in keeper leagues, you know, maybe not in like a four or five keeper league. Like, I'm not sure he's in my top 50 keepers in that kind of format, because in those formats, youth doesn't matter quite as much. But for Jared Kellenick, you know, if you keep 10 guys, you know, if you keep seven guys, 10 guys, he's still kind of, you know, he's definitely in that list just because of the potential upside and, and how quickly it could happen. I mean, this could happen at any time. This is a guy who he did not struggle in the minors, right? It's really oh, a major yeah, league yeah. problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It seemed every time he went back down to the minor leagues, he just, uh, you know, tore the cover off the ball. Um, but uh, so, so far it's been Dylan Moore, who's a journeyman, 30 year old. Yeah. He has 15 home run, 20 stolen base potential, but he's going to kill your batting average. Um, and also I, I saw that at Cade Marlowe, uh, MLB ranks him as a Mariners prospect. Number 14 also got a start in, in left field in place of Kalanick, uh, basically it seems to be a free swinger who uh, consistently posts lower double digit walk rates, but got a lot of power in 2021 hit uh, 26 home runs, drove in 107 runs and stole 24 bases. 
And then in 2022, hit 23 home runs, drove in 102 runs, and stole 42 bases. So uh, any interest uh, in in Cade Marlowe at this stage? Because, But it, it does look like they, maybe the Marlins are going to uh, – Marlins, the Mariners will be exploring – uh, adding some offense through the trade market, but uh, maybe if Cade Marlowe could get some at bats, maybe he could uh, flash some of that power that he showed in the minor leagues. Yeah, I mean overall, Cade Marlowe was not hitting that well in the minor leagues. Um, you know the the line looks fine. You know, two fifty five, three thirty two, four sixty one. Uh, but when you look at WRC plus, because Seattle plays in a very hitter friendly sort of environment in the minor leagues, you see the WRC plus is 87. That means this line, it, it ain't good, right? right? There is some speed here with Cade Marlowe. I think he's someone who could steal some bases in very deep leagues, 15 teamers where you're desperate for speed. This could be a guy that, that steals one to, once in a while, but there's plenty of left-handers in this, you know, out, well, not tons, but there are left-handers in this lineup. It's not as though he's going to move right into like the large side of platoon. I think this left field spot, you're going to see, you know, they called up Taylor Trammell who, you know, has not, has not been great in his major league uh, season, but he's been much better in the minors. So uh, Taylor Trammell has been better in AAA than Kate, uh, Kate Marlowe. So Taylor Trammell could be a guy that, you know, I doubt he's interesting even in 15 teamers that much, but he's there. Dylan Moore, I think against lefties is going to get that time in left field who, again, he's a speed guy. There's a little bit of power there back in like 2019. We kind of cared about Dylan Moore because he was going to play a full season. Like you said, he's got power speed upside in a full season, but he'll never get one because he's too limited as a hitter. Mm -hmm. So between Dylan Moore, Taylor Trammell and Kay Marlowe, you have no fantasy relevance, right? Because with all three of them, trading around in that left field spot. I just don't see how any of them play enough to have relevance and their talent was borderline anyway. Mm. A couple of uh, prospect call-ups that I want to talk about. Um, Kind of excited about Sal Freelich outfielder for the Brewers and why not? Because the guy went three for three in his debut with two RBI on Saturday night. But uh, you know, you look at his uh, minor league career and in three seasons, had a uh, 314, 393, 451 triple slash. Uh, has some power, some speed. Um, and he's going to get some playing time. I mean, the uh, Brewers, um, they've, you know, they've tried with Joey Weimer. The, you know, uh, basically, there is room for, uh, for Freelick to get some regular playing time. And then you also look at his, uh, his minor league career, also double digit walk rates and, and pretty good strikeout rates throughout. I know that we have to adjust when uh, a player comes up to the major leagues, but uh Freelick is somebody that I'm kind of interested in. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it really depends on your format with Sal Freelick. Sal Freelick, there's no power here, right? Even in the minors, we just did not see him hit home runs. I want to say in a single season, the most home runs he ever hit was 11 that was across mm-hmm. three levels that was uh last season 2022 he is a he's a very slappy hit and run sort of player uh a good hit tool plenty of speed he doesn't steal a lot of bases but he is fast uh which, which is why i think he'll get time in the outfield for the brewers he, he's a pretty 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 decent defender not that uh i mean he's not great uh but this team doesn't really seem to care about that anyway the the Brewers have a lot of guys on the roster right now who like, I think a lot of casual fans like don't know who they are. 
right? <laughs> like the guy, like the guys batting like fifth for them is a guy who I barely know anything about, right? Andrew Monasterio. I, I don't know who most of these players are. Uh, Jesse Winker has been getting time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he hasn't really been relevant. But, you know, with Sal Freelick, again, he's a guy who I think he could. In points leagues, there's a little more intrigue because he's not going to strike out much. He's going to put plenty of balls in play. I don't think he'll hit them very far, but he could put a lot of balls in play. You know, a, a player that he sort of reminds me of, maybe with a little less power, uh, even less power, I should say, is uh, Luis Matos, who came up for the Giants mm-hmm. a little earlier this season. That type of player, which is basically all hit tool and enough speed to uh you know, beat out infield singles, even if the stolen bases aren't, you know, there, there's some there, but not a ton. That's the kind of player I see in Sal Freelick in 12 team leagues. This isn't really relevant, um, but maybe in deeper points leagues where that those singles matter more, uh, he could be a guy. And, you know, maybe in some leagues where you care, where you really need ratio help, he could maybe help you a little bit. He just, he's very limited. I think again, Sal Freelick is a put ball in play and try to get to first. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So uh, sticking with the the Brewers, it just uh, like you talked about a lot of moving parts in the Brewers offense. You know, I, I mentioned Joey Weimer. You mentioned Winker, uh, but the, the guy who's really been standing out, and I'm very happy to see this, is, is Christian Yelich uh, enjoying a a career resurgence. And you know, he's already um, basically matched his offensive production. <laughs> from the 2022 season uh, in his first 95 games he has 14 home runs uh and 54 rbi and 21 stolen bases and uh, you know that's the home runs are equivalent to what he had last year uh rbi are right at you know that you know he had 57 all last year has 54 now and uh, he's batting 286 so good to see christian yelich uh you know kind of getting a career resurgence and at the same time uh, you know i kind of you know put them together because they were really good at the same time and they kind of fell apart at the same time cody bellinger cubs outfielder uh, he's having himself a nice season escaping from la seems to be just what he needed so nice to see both bellinger and yelich being fantasy relevant again yeah, let's start with Yelich. Yelich is a guy who uh, the home runs are so hard to predict for him because he never puts the ball in the air. Yelich hits a ton of ground balls. Uh, he's hitting more fly balls this season. The biggest difference just is that the home run fly ball rate is higher. Uh, it, it had been below 15% each of the last two seasons. This season, it's sitting at 20. This is a number he sort of can do simply because he he is strong, right? He can hit the ball very hard. His exit, his average exit velocity is 93 miles an hour, 53.5% hard hit rate. This is something he can do. It just tends to be on the ground a lot. He's getting the ball up in the air just a bit more, right? It's uh, it's a bit more fly balls, a bit more line drives, and that's all he really needs. He, if he gets the ball, Christian Yelich gets the ball off the ground a little bit. You can see a lot more power out of him. So that's why the batting average is better. That's why the home runs are better. Um, you know, I think he's going to clear 20 home runs this season uh, for the first time since 2019. Th- that 2018, 2019, those crazy home run rates, I mean, that's never coming back. That's something we just have to accept, not just because he's older. Well, baseball and his, decides to change the baseballs again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So even though his body like it's broken down a little, the real problem is that ball. Anytime you put it in the air, it would just fly out. So we didn't need fly, that many fly balls to have these crazy home run rates. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is probably down 
that's probably not coming back, but you know, is this a guy who I think can hit 20 to 22 home runs, get a hundred runs scored by the end of the season, close to 80 RBI. Absolutely. Right. And the stolen bases, he has as many, you know, he has more stolen bases already. You know, 21, mm-hmm. uh, as many as he's had since 2019. That's when he had 30. Uh, I, I think he's going to keep running. He might break that 30 mark to be honest with you, uh, Christian Yelich. So, I'm excited about what he's doing. There is some, you know, obviously there's some injury concern, but actually with Christian Yelich, he does have like a lot of injuries that have plagued him, but they don't lead to a ton of missed games, right? You know, he missed, he missed quite a bit of time in 2021. He only played 117 games, but in 2019, he played 130, 2018, it was 147. Last season, he played 154. He's actually more durable than you think. Christian Yelich's injury problem has been that he plays through these injuries, but it looks like his back is much, much better now. So I'm, I'm really in on Christian Yelich and I'm you're going to hear me say this a lot as we get closer to the trade deadline. It's hard to say like, this is a buy low candidate. This is a sell high candidate. Cause you don't know what your league may it's actually think about a player, but if there's someone in your league that thinks I should sell high on Christian Yelich cause he's going to get hurt or uh, this isn't real. You should be talking to that person. You should be seeing if you can work out a deal because Christian Yelich, to me, this is very real. This is something he can do, right? The only issue Mm -hmm. is, you know, that, you know, previously he wasn't able to because his back really wore, you know, wore him out. But with that better, Mm -hmm. he's able to be the type of hitter I think he can be, which is again, a 22 home run. And now because of the new stolen base rules, 30 stolen base guy. So if you can, you know, if you can trade less than that to get that, I think you absolutely should. Uh, simply because you never know. We, we always talk about trading is a very human thing. You never know in your league who thinks that, you know, this isn't real. This is a sell high moment. We, we've talked about this before. People thought the Manny Machado surge that started really towards the end of last month uh, and leading into the break, people thought this is the sell high moment. You got to sell on Manny Machado. And, you know, at least hopefully you heard from me and others that we were like, no, 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 no. Manny Machado does this all the time. He slumps for extended periods and then he goes off. And what happens? Manny Machado's Mm -hmm. leading baseball in July in home runs, right? Because that's what Manny can do. This is something that Yelich can do, right? He's not going to lead the league in home runs for a month anymore, but he's going to be a very, very good player. And if someone thinks they're selling high uh, simply because he wasn't like this in the, you know, the two years before jump on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So, uh, Maybe we should take our first break here. And uh, when we come back, we can talk a little bit about Cody Bellinger. Uh, Christian Incarcion Strand was called up. Uh, made me very excited because I had been stashing him in a couple of leagues. So uh, why don't we take a quick break right now? And we'll talk about Christian Incarcion Strand right after this. This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? Then you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy com or underdog fantasy in the app store sign up with promo code pitcher list and get your first deposit doubled up to one hundred dollars 
Must be 18 year older, 19 year older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit www. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. W.NCPGambling.org in Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. In Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. All right, we're back. Hacks and Jacks, a fantasy baseball podcast. Joe Galina and Scott Chu, we were just talking about uh, the resurgence of one Christian Yelich, and I had mentioned kind of I pair them together because they were, uh, you know, top uh, players for a while. And at the same time, then all of a sudden it just seemed that they both kind of tailed off at the same time as well. But uh, Bellinger seems to be kind of rejuvenated. Yeah, Cody Bellinger signed with the Cubs. And the thing about Cody Bellinger and, and I, you know, I sort of ignored him the first time because he is really hard to get a feel for man. He has gone through some ups and downs this season. Uh, but obviously right now he is, he's red hot hitting home runs. He's got a bunch of them this month already. He's getting multi-hit games all over the place. Uh, Cody Bellinger. I have, this is, this is really my thing. I have no idea what he is. I know what he's not. And that's the 47 home run guy. He was in guess what year 2019, 2019. Everybody had career mm. high home runs. He's not the guy he was in 2017 either. Uh, they hit almost 40 home runs. I think, you know, Cody Bellinger struggled a lot with injuries. He struggled a lot with effectiveness. Uh, he's, he's a very, very interesting sort of, I have no idea how people are going to trade for or trade away Cody Bellinger because I don't think anybody has a really good feel on what he is. I think the things that are making me uh, somewhat happy about him is that the strikeout rate is much, much better this season, right? Uh, so that's good. The The power is there more than it has been in quite some time. He already has 13 home runs. That's more than he had in, in 2020 or in 2021 uh, in you know similar or fewer games. But, right, I mean, there's also, if you look at the X stats here, the expected stats. I'm going to use baseball savants because they're agnostic to, to pull direction. And it's not as though Bellinger is like an extreme pull hitter. Uh, he's just really not, you know, it looks like he's really overperforming uh, what we, you know, what we're seeing from Statcast. This is not a guy who's, I mean, his hard hit rate is 30.7%. I mean, it's extremely low. Uh, the 
he doesn't, you know, he gets a lot of balls up in the air, but he doesn't hit them that hard. The barrel rates 5.7%. That's well below average. His exit velocity, his average exit velocity is actually worse than it's been in any other season, right? Like overall so far, it's worse. So the results don't match. Like he hasn't really changed anything besides he's striking out less, right? It's not like he's hitting a bunch Mm -hmm. more fly balls. He's not, uh, he's similar, you know, everything's the same except for the results that makes him, that's the, always the hardest thing for me. Right. I'll actually talk about another player who's having really bad results despite doing the same thing as last year. That's Dalton Varsho. Right. So both these guys are guys who uh, are doing pretty much the same things they did last season, although striking out a little less. But Cody Bellinger is getting way better results and Dalton Varsho is getting a lot worse results. And I cannot tell you why it's one like one's doing well and one's not. Uh, You know, I hate to say like, you listen to the show. You hope you get an expert opinion. The expert opinion here is this doesn't make a lot of sense, right? Uh, so with Cody Bellinger, I'd love to sell high. I just have no idea how anyone else is valuing him right now. If you have folks that are just really focused on actual results, you should absolutely be trading Cody Bellinger. If you can get like a top 60 to 75 hitter for Cody Bellinger, I think you should do it because I know what they're probably going to do. I have no idea what Cody Bellinger is going to do, right? So it's one way to sort of deal with risk. Uh, Could it blow up in your face? Sure, any trade could. But I know in a lot of cases for me, one thing I like doing, especially if I'm closer to the top of my standings, we don't talk about what to do at the top of your standings that often. If you're closer to the top of your standings, one thing to do is start mitigating risk. Cody Bellinger is a massive risk because he just doesn't hit the ball that well. Right. Again, the results are there, but everything else is not except for the strikeout rate and, and dropping your strikeout rate by 10% is a big deal, but it it doesn't lead to this, right? It doesn't lead to better numbers than you've had in, you know, across the board. It should improve your ratios, but it shouldn't be making you have more home runs. It shouldn't be doing anything like that. So, uh, you know, the ratios I think are, are okay. Like I, I think he's going to have them, but he doesn't walk a lot either. I'm throwing, you can't see it. I'm throwing my hands up in the air this whole time talking about Cody Bellinger because I have no <laughs> idea where these results are coming from. What are you, Italian? They're not Did coming from. with oh, hands? Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, so both of my parents are deaf, so I do talk with my hands a lot. Uh, but, um, you know, that's the thing. It, it's it's not like he's hitting the ball better. He's just getting better results, and I that makes me extremely nervous. Mm. So I, I, I looked up uh, Cody Bellinger, you know, in Yahoo trade market. Uh, not too many trades with him. There, w- there was one uh, Cody Bellinger for Marcus Stroman and Josh Lowe, outfielder for the Rays. Uh, I-, I think that the uh, the Stroman Lowe side wins. No, <laughs> that one. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I I like it. I mean, again, Lowe is a real wild card. He's actually fallen off my hitter list entirely. The guy's stealing bases, wow. but he can't. He's he's not really been able to do a lot else. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, maybe he's been. I, I haven't actually looked in a little in a little bit, but you know, it's not as though, you know, the home runs were really, really front loaded. We're not seeing those as much. He's hitting a little bit better lately, but not that much, right? He still has a lot of days where he's over, right? Mm-hmm. So with Josh Lowe, I, I kind of like that move just for Stroman. The Josh Lowe piece to me is sort of a throwaway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's another one, but I have a feeling uh, this might be a dynasty league, but uh, Cody Ballinger and Clay Holmes for Kevin Ginkle, who's been getting a couple saves lately, 
because uh, Chafin, Andrew Chafin, was on the paternity list, but uh, having a nice season for the Diamondbacks. Henry Davis, who I, I saw that you uh, you kind of like him based on uh, your comments on the on the hitter list, and Jack Leiter. So I'm, I'm thinking that with Jack Leiter thrown in there, that this is probably a dynasty league. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what you think of yeah, that. Yeah, and that's, so that's a really – that's a really weird one because I'm not sure like what the objective is. So Ginkle got two <laughs> saves, but like that's a really crowded. I mean, it, it's a messy bullpen situation. I'm not convinced that sure. they're really ready to totally remove Scott McGough as the closer. Correct. Right? Yeah, like I he didn't get you. a lot of work this week, but like he he was good. I mean, a couple bad outings. I, I they really wanted. I think they want McGough to be the guy. So. That's a weird, mm-hmm. that's a weird one to me because it's gotta be dynasty or something because I, I just don't see there's, other, there's something else going on. Cause like clay Holmes isn't worthless either. So that's a weird mm-hmm. one. But again, I expect trades with Cody Bellinger to be weird. He's worthless when his, when his sinker doesn't sink. I got to say that, <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, and, and being a Yankee fan, I'm watching a pitch every day. You never know what you're going to get from him lately. He's been pretty good, but, uh, so you were talking about Dalton Varsho before. So like, is it basically, is he droppable at this stage? Yeah. So this, I mean, I'm getting this question all the time. What do hmm. I do with Dalton Varsho? I'm going to start with this. Dalton Varsho has the, has the talent, uh, and the speed to in, in Roto and in categories leagues, I think Dalton Varsho has the potential to be a top five closer rest of way, right? There's not a ton of catchers who have that kind of upside. I like Henry Davis, but Henry Davis doesn't have top five catcher upside. He has solid top eight to 10 catcher upside, right? A guy who's better than streamers because Henry Davis plays the outfield, doesn't sit as much, those kinds of things. Dalton Varsho is well, so like on one hand, he is still running, right? Like that part's fine. And the ratios were never going to be good. Like never. We nobody should have believed that there were going to be good ratios from Dalton Varsho. When you were going for Dalton Varsho, what you were hoping to get was a bunch of home runs, a bunch of stolen bases, and you know, better than usual counting stats for a catcher because Varsho plays every day and plays for the Toronto Blue Jays, right? So that's what you were supposed to get. And you, obviously you're not getting it. He does have 12 home runs and 12 stolen bases, uh, which, you know, for a catcher is pretty good. Unless of course you paid fairly early round picks to get said catcher. Hmm. So with Dalton Varsho, again, going back to the stat cast stuff, he's not, it, it's not as though he was tearing the cover off the ball before either. Uh, but you know, his, his barrel, you know, his barrel rate is down from last season by about 3%. The hard hit rate is up. Um, he's hitting, you know, he's actually, he's hitting more balls in the air. He's got, you know, fewer on the ground, which, you know, not bad. He's pulling them constantly, just like he did last season. The results just aren't there. Right. Again, the now Statcast does not love what he's been doing. Right. Uh, the, his, his expected stats and his actual stats are pretty much in line with each other. Bad. Right. But it, it doesn't make sense that he's, I mean, his, his expected stats last season weren't any good either. And he was able to do a lot more than that because again, batted ball direction, things like that. I think if you are, this, this is the key about Dalton bar show. I'm not just going to say drop him because catcher is a wasteland at times. Right. But there are guys I would drop him for. Right. So, uh, 
obviously the first one, the easiest one that I've been asked about is Francisco Alvarez. And the answer is, yeah, sure. Because Francisco Alvarez also has that kind of upside, right? Like I I think he could, if you are, and and then once you get past that one, honestly, it's been a lot more difficult because it starts being about like, what position are you in, in your league? Are you in first place and you've had Dalton Varsho? Right. So you've been able to overcome the fact that he hasn't been good. And if he does turn it around, you're that much better. That makes me more conservative with Varsho, right? Because you can afford to roster that and keep going. In which case, I'm not sure I want to drop him for like a William Contreras, who isn't going to play as much, although he does have decent power and should be a solid catcher. Right. I'm not sure I want to, yeah, I certainly don't want to drop him for Henry Davis, who, even though I like Henry Davis, Henry Davis doesn't have the upside of a Dalton Varsho, especially in power and speed. Right now, if you're in a points league, go right ahead. Varsho was never Varsho was overvalued in points leagues anyway, because he doesn't make a ton of con. You know, he doesn't put a ton of balls in play. He's not someone that's going to get like a bunch of singles. His ratios were not going to be good. So in a points league, absolutely. I would drop him for like a a William Contreras, uh, a Henry Davis, maybe even in a points league. Also, if I'm, you know, I'm in the middle of my standings and things are really, really tight. I might have to be a little bit more aggressive and let Varsho go. So I don't want to just like completely have a non-answer in terms of like, Oh, it just depends on your situation. So if, if you are someone who's sort of in like the middle of the pack, right. And you really need to make an upgrade. Here are some names that are generally available in leagues that I would consider doing that for. Uh, Henry Davis is one. Uh, uh, Kybert Ruiz is someone who I think ha- is him. finally yes. turning it on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has, he has strong enough upside. Uh, William Contreras is a guy who I think in, you know, in those leagues where you're desperate, he has upside. He was someone I ranked as, you know, like a top 10 catcher coming in. Uh, he's got some ceiling because of that power. He plays quite often. That's something I would do. I'm not doing it for uh, a guy who's ju- who just happens to be hot lately, like a Yasmani Grandal absolutely not interested right like i'm not doing this for just any old catcher i find on the wire and you know i'm actually going to look at the most added and drop catchers i'm not doing it for andy rodriguez because i don't know how much he's going to play hmm. i'd rather have varsho than andy rodriguez i'd rather have varsho than mj melendez right because mj melendez it hasn't been hitting the ball that well either and the ceiling mm-hmm. for dalton varsho is way higher than it is for mj melendez and they both have similar floors which means they you know, have potentially terrible fours, right? So I'll really, it's really three names that I think are potentially available in 12 team leagues. Uh, In two catcher leagues, I don't think you can do anything at all. You're stuck with Varsho. And in one catcher league, if you can make the move to drop Varsho for William Contreras, Henry Davis, or Francisco Alvarez, go ahead and do it. I would do it for Francisco Alvarez in almost every situation because the ceiling is still there, right? And that's really what I'm looking for. What, you know, what's the ceiling floor you know, for Varsho versus the ceiling floor for the guy that I had, right? Oh, sorry. A fourth name, Kiebert Ruiz. So Kiebert Ruiz is a guy who has such a high floor, I think, that he, it makes sense to make that move. Ruiz doesn't have the upside of Varsho uh, because he's not going to steal bases. He doesn't have, you know, potentially 25 to 30 home run power, but he does make, I mean, his ratios will be way, way better. I think in a points league, Kiebert Ruiz makes, may, uh, makes way more sense. But yeah, so those four. William mm-hmm. Contreras, Henry Davis, Francisco Alvarez, Kyber Ruiz. Those are the four names that I will consider it. I won't mm-hmm. always do it except for Alvarez, but for mm-hmm. Davis, Contreras and Ruiz, I'll consider it based on my situation, based on my league format. You know, 
can I afford to roster Varsho any longer? Because if I can, that's where the ceiling is, and I'll hold that. But if I can't afford to wait for the ceiling, Contreras, Davis, or Ruiz, I'll do it for. Anyone else? Mm-hmm. I, I just can't. I just can't justify that move. Yeah, I didn't realize that uh, Varsho was slumping as badly as he is, batting 214 through his first 97 games. Like you mentioned, 12 homers, 12 stolen bases. But his batting average since 2021 has just been going down uh, every season. It was 246 in, nine, uh, in uh, 2021, two, uh, 235 in 2022, and now, like I said, down to 214. Hasn't hit a home run since uh, June 18th. Watch, will hit a home run today. But uh, in his last 26 games, no home runs, five RBI, batting 161 with a 185 slug. So, yeah, he's really uh, slumping badly. And you mentioned Andy Rodriguez, and uh, the Pirates uh, recently called him up. Really good uh, minor league numbers, but uh, at least on the outset seems – a little overmatched right now. Did hit a home run on Saturday, but nine uh, strikeouts in his first five games. Um, you said you wouldn't drop him for a Dalton Varsho. Uh, I mean, I got to think that in uh, obviously in, in a two catcher league, he's worth worth an ad. Yeah. I- He's played the biggest thing with Andy Rodriguez. I, I don't think the strikeouts are going to stay up like that. That's not something that he had issues with in the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. So it's really weird to see it so bad at first. I don't know if it's nerves or what. Andy Rodriguez is someone in two catcher leagues. I think should be someone needs him. It might not be you because you drafted two decent catchers or something like that, or you already picked up a Henry Davis or something, but uh, someone in a two catcher league, even a 12 team two catcher league, somebody probably could use Andy Rodriguez. And, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it, as far Five as names to drop for him. God, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no. Mm-hmm. So like guys that I would like, you know, obviously I, I am not there with Alejandro Kirk. Um, I, I think he's very droppable and I, you know, maybe I'll see what I can get. Gary Sanchez is not someone I'm terribly excited about. Right. Like I, I'd rather see what yeah. Andy Rodriguez. They're going to be limiting his play uh, to avoid him uh, being injured. I heard that. Yeah. About, uh, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Bo Naylor just isn't playing. And when he does play, it's not well. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'd be willing to do that. Um, Shay Langoliers. I mean, obviously these are two catcher league names. Uh, Shay Langoliers is someone that I, I don't see any real attach, like need to be attached to him. Uh, th- those are all names. Now, uh, if we're just, you know, just to finish up with catchers, I think the one catcher that I'm the most interested in terms of playing time going forward, and he's either you know, I, I want to say that you should keep him, but he might become very droppable very fast. That's Yanni or Diaz because Jordan Alvarez is expected back very soon. They've already started dropping the play, playing time on Yanni or Diaz. So, you know, I think he's in that same boat as ND Rodriguez. If Yanni or Diaz uh, plays more <laughs> over the next few days, I, I might prefer him. But otherwise, I know ND Rodriguez is going to play. They, you know, it, it's important to see that ND Rodriguez has caught four of his first five games. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's probably like, that's around the sort of the value level I'm thinking right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Rodriguez uh, in five minor league seasons, 296 batting average uh, with a 386 OBP and a 509 slug. So definitely uh, someone with a good pedigree. And uh, so uh, just to finish off with the catchers, Francisco Alvarez, obviously uh, you, you uh, wrote, wrote him up in your, uh, hitter list and uh, he was taken in the eighth round of our two early mock and uh, you talk about him being uh, a potential top five catcher 
you know, in the making. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you have this kind of power, right? Yeah. So Alvarez isn't someone that I necessarily think is going to hit for a great average. It, it's been a lot. It's actually been better than I thought so far at 240, even with that long slump. He's keeping the strikeout rate down. I think more walks are going to come for Francisco Alvarez, which will make him a bit more appetizing in OBP leagues. He's got a sub 300 OBP right now just by a point. But I think that will get better. Again, the more major league pitching he sees, the more I think that walk rate can come up. He was a you know 15% or better walk rate guy in the minors for the most part. So I think that can improve. Uh, which again, that improves the floor. When I talk about like a guy getting more walks, really what that does for most players, it just raises the floor because it means they get more chances to get on base, fewer strikeouts. I mean, better things can happen uh, because they're just seeing the ball a little better. So that'll raise the floor. As far as the ceiling is concerned, I mean, this is a 30 home run kind of ceiling, right? This is the guy who I, I think, I, I don't know if he could get there this year. He actually could. He's got 19 as of, you know, as of this recording on Sunday afternoon, uh, he has 19. We could see a surge or two that gets him there to 30, right? And I think next year, it, it won't be hard to project him for 30 home runs, right? Uh, the one thing to keep in mind, though, is that that batting average is never going to be uh, impressive, right? Um, no matter how strong you are, like he, he just hits a lot of balls in the air. This is not a line drive hitter. This is not a guy who's going to put the ball in play for a lot of average. This is a guy who's going to pull fly balls as much as he can, or he's going to roll those uh, ground balls right to the third baseman and shortstop, right? Mm. It's a, it's not quite three true outcomes, but it's a guy who, uh, when he makes contact, he's either trying to lift, he's trying to lift it into the seats in left field. And if he doesn't, it's because he's, you know, made some poor contact and it's going right to the shortstop or third baseman. He's not going to run anything out. This, he doesn't really have wheels but he does have that big power. So Alvarez has 30 home run power. I think next season he will be a uh, fairly popular choice for a catcher to hit 30 home runs. So mm-hmm. you know, that's why I'm willing to drop far show for Alvarez because I can get some real plus stats out of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think we'll take our second break here. Uh, when we come back, we still want to talk about Christian and Carcion Strand and what he's been doing since he was called up earlier this week. We'll also talk about, talk about a few more hitters uh, moving up and down uh, Scott's hitter list, and we'll talk about them right after this. All right, we're back. Hacks and Jacks, a fantasy baseball podcast. Joe Galena and Scott Chu with you. You can follow me at Joe Galena and follow my buddy Scott at if the chew fits so uh getting uh i mean i'm sure that there'll be uh more detailed information coming out of this scott but because uh, our podcast uh, gets released on mondays but uh just getting an initial uh accounting of what happened today with aaron judge uh facing jonathan loisica uh took 16 pitches fouled off five and did not put any in play but he didn't appear to be favoring his toe at all. So we'll see. Maybe there is some hope. And that's all that matters. Did he get hurt? Right? Like, it'd be cool if it came out and he said, saw 16 pitches, hit 15 home runs. Like, that would be neat. But that's not even that surprising, right? This is Aaron Judge. (laughs) There's no question that he's going to have tons of power, right? The question right now is, can he be healthy? That's all we really care about. Um, It's really hard to understand exactly what's going to happen in terms of his power. You rely on that toe. Right. <laughs> to, to swing <Yeah>. a bat. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, 
again, another thing I get asked about a lot is, uh, you know, the two guys that came up in the AMA were Bryce Harper and Pete Alonzo. Number one was with Bryce Harper. I keep getting asked, you know, do you expect power to come? I do. I've talked about it before. I think we're going to see more power for Bryce Harper. The further he gets away from that Tommy John surgery, it's similar. I am banking on it being similar to what we saw with Max Muncie. It is not always like that, but he did come back much faster than we thought. And the one thing that is probably the last to come back, you know, we talk about with pitchers, last thing to come back is the command with hitters. The last thing to come back seems to be the power, right? Mm -hmm. Just because it's just not there yet. It's not ready yet. I think it will come as far as Pete Alonzo is concerned. There's, you know, people think maybe he came back from that wrist injury too fast Mm -hmm. and that's affecting his power right now. And all I can say is I don't have any evidence to support that or refute it, right? And at the end of the day, Pete Alonzo, the polar bear is a guy who I think can hit a bunch of home runs. I'm going to trust in that talent and ability before Mm -hmm. I start speculating as to whether he came back a week or two too early. I'm going to try, you know, even though it's the Mets, I'm going to try to trust the trainers, trust, trust the staff uh, Mm -hmm. to think that, you know, he can be an impact guy. And if the power is not there initially, it doesn't mean it won't be there later. Right. Power hitters like Alonzo tend to be rather streaky with the home runs. It's not like he hits one every week. The way it works is he'll hit, he'll hit them in bunches. And, you know, all it's going to take is one bunch for us to say like, oh, never mind. Wrist looks fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that's same thing with judge. I, I think we're going to see overreactions when he first comes back. Hopefully he just hits a home run that first day and everyone can just be quiet about it. But if he doesn't hit our home run for the first week, there's always going to be questions. Oh, is that toe going to hurt him all year? Do I need to, you know, do I need to sell? Do I need to try to sell on Aaron judge? Here's the thing. Um, if you sell on Aaron judge because he comes back and has a bad week, then you are that's fine. But just keep in mind, there's a very decent chance what you're doing is selling low because nobody is going to want to pay full freight for a guy when there's good, you know, when it's clear that the manager who's trying to trade him is desperate is afraid. Right. So just keep that in mind. Um, it might work out, but I, I would tend to say if, if I think a guy's at a low value point, I don't want to trade him right then. Yeah, sure. It could get worse, but it could get better. And this is, this is a guy like Aaron judge we're talking about, right. Or a mm-hmm. Pete Alonzo, that caliber of player to me, uh, I'm never trading for less than uh, the top in Aaron judge's case five or in Pete Alonzo's case, 20 to 25, that level of hitter, right. I am not going to downgrade because I'm afraid maybe he came back too early from an, a wrist injury or a toe injury. Mm-hmm. Forget that. I'm not doing that. Yep. Uh, it, kind of ironic that, you know, two New York, power hitters you know pete alonzo for the mets and judge for the yankees and then alonzo had put judge kind of on notice that he was going to go after the, you know his home run his single season home run record and now both of them are kind of slumping but uh you know uh if you talk to people that watch the mets every day that you know alonzo just hasn't been the same since he got plunked by that uh pitch from uh, charlie morton so uh we'll see i mean i, I love uh, watching him hit home runs so hopefully he uh you know, comes back strong in the second half. But uh, let's talk a little bit about Christian and Carcion Strand. We were waiting and waiting and waiting for him to be called up. Finally, this week, the Reds uh, did call uh, and Carcion Strand up and uh, through his first six games, five for 20. Um, encouraging because there's only two strikeouts to talk about. He did hit a home run, four RBI. Playing uh, first, third, uh, DHing mostly from the seventh spot in the batting order. Um, you know, I'm thinking that uh, the Reds 
are going to play him every day like they have been. I mean, they weren't just going to call him up to ha- have him sit on the bench. Uh, you know, Votto is back, uh, has uh, eight home runs, I believe 21 RBI, but uh, batting uh, somewhere like one in the 180s right now. So, um, you know, what do you think about uh, the long term uh, for uh, Christian and Carcion Strand, Scott? Yeah, as far as like long term is concerned, this is actually a guy who like wasn't a top 100 prospect uh, as recently as like last season. He just he came out of the gate so hot in the minor leagues. He slumped for a little while after that. Uh, We saw in 2022, uh, he had a great season in the minor leagues, went from high, went from high A up to double A, um, started out actually with Minnesota. Uh, who kind of now seems like they could really use a guy like Christian Encarnacion Strand. But uh, at the time, they felt like they were pretty crowded at the corner. So now he's he's in Cincinnati. Uh, and he, you know, he had 20 home runs in 67 games. Um, I know I always talk about WRC Plus. I, you know, newsflash, it's really good. It was 153. <laughs> it was really hard to tell when Encarnacion Strand was going to come up. Because with Encarnacion Strand, he needs to really play like, first maybe third this is not a guy i think they want to put in the outfield they've done it one time no uh twice in the minors just to see what would happen but this is a first or third baseman um not really a guy who's particularly good at either one either so it's not like his his defense will keep him in it's got to be the bat so with christian encarnacion strand it just comes to like the bat itself not factoring in speed and all that stuff this is a higher floor than say ellie de la cruz who has actually been uh by WRC plus the worst hitter in the second half so far, right? Obviously that's not going to continue, but Ellie, uh, Ellie De La Cruz is this, you know, soup. He's this supernova of talent and speed and power. Who's also extremely risky because he has huge contact issues, right? Ellie De La Cruz really struggles with strikeout rates. It's happened in the minors. It's happened in the majors. It's happening really bad right now. Uh, but Encarnacion strand is not that kind of hitter. Right. Strikeouts, uh, generally speaking, haven't really been an issue. He had a little bit, you know, Encarnacion Strand was kind of slow in May and really in June, um, started to pick back up. And then in July, really heated up in the minor leagues. So that's, we're seeing Encarnacion Strand here. Since he's been up, all I wanted to know is, is he going to play? And, you know, somehow, some way, he's only sat once the entire time mm. uh, that, that since he's mm-hmm. been called up. And that's the big surprise to me. Right, because this team is really crowded uh, on the corner. So they've got Joey Votto, who's really first base slash DH. They've got Spencer Steer, who who is struggling, but is um, you know he's been having a pretty darn good year. So he can play you know left field. He can play first base. He can play third base. The DH has been Jake Fraley, who you know we kind of know they're just going to platoon, but but he's hitting the ball really well right now. Um, so it was just really hard to see for Encarnacion Strand, like where do the at-bats come from? And so far, uh, the fallout has been, it's been coming from all over the place. They've just sat mm-hmm. all kinds of guys all the time, right? Like Spencer Steer hasn't sat once since uh, in the last really six games. But, you know, Joey Votto, it's Sunday. Joey Votto is off today. Uh, they gave Will Benson, who's been playing right field uh, and been playing really well. They gave him an off day today. That's going to get Strand in the lineup. Um, it's, you know, Encarnacion Strand has only played first base in DH, but they have found ways to move things around and get him in. We saw, uh, Jonathan India get a day off. We saw Matt McLean get a day off. We've seen TJ Friedel get a day off. So 
you know, I knew Encarnacion Strand would play against all the righties. And I wanted to know who's going to lose time uh, with Encarnacion Strand up. And the answer seems to be everybody, but not by enough, right? Not by enough to really mm-hmm. matter. I think the one thing I would be doing is really watching um, the upcoming pitchers because the one time I think we're going to see real sitting is particularly with TJ Friedel and Jake Fraley and to maybe some extent, Will Benson, it's when they face lefties, we're going to see those guys sit, right? Uh, you know, Friedel has not, you know, he, he was always kind of a smoke and mirrors hitter. He's a slap hitter, a contact guy who was really outperforming his quality of contact. So he's gone down. I think I am okay with dropping Friedel in these 12 teamers, especially now that I know he's going to be platooned. Right, it's going to be a pretty strict platoon. Both him and Fraley. Fraley's hit the ball really, really well. Uh, and I've always liked uh, Jake Fraley's talent. Right, I think he's got power, he's got speed, he's got OBP. Um, but they've always platooned him, even when they didn't have Christian Encarnacion Strand on the bench. Right, they platooned Jake Fraley when they had nobody better than Jake Fraley in the outfield. They just don't care. They, they were willing. They were willing to platoon him anyway. So those two, I, I think the. They're not losers in all this, so to speak, but TJ Friedel and Jake Fraley are the two who become a bit, I don't want to drop Jake Fraley yet, but once I see a week where it's three lefties and I'm in a weekly lineup, I mean, Fraley can't start for you uh, in a weekly lineup if they're getting three lefties because he's going to sit three times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, good stuff. Um, so before we go, let's talk about a couple of guys that uh, – were on your your hitter list and um oh, Anthony Rizzo uh tumbled down 43 spots to 130 I really can't blame him because he's really really been slumping and you know and watching the Yankees play every day you know I'm thinking maybe there's some kind of a underlying injury uh, that he's been dealing with because look, for, he got, had a neck injury dating back to late May. He got hit by a pitch on his elbow in late June. But if you look at his numbers, right, in his first 53 games up until May 28th, uh, he was batting 304 with a 376 OBP and a 505 slug, 11 homers, 32 RBI. From June 2nd on, uh, he hasn't, Hit a, he actually hasn't hit a home run since May 21st, but from June 2nd on, obviously no home runs, batting 154 with a 268 OBP and a 191 slug. So, um, you know, he's still doing all the right things on the field, but in terms of his fantasy production, uh, it, is he droppable in, in leagues at this point? Yeah, so um, I was trying to wait. I was trying to be more patient because let's not forget that Anthony Rizzo was really, really good in this season, right? In April and May, he was, he was quite good. Mm -hmm. Right. And so on one hand, I want to say like, Hey, let's hold off. They're still letting him hit in the middle of this order. Mm -hmm. uh, Even though hitting in the middle of the lineup for the Yankees doesn't mean quite what it used to with Aaron judge out. But best hitter is Billy McKinney right now. So, yeah. So he, (laughs) I mean, when I say really good in, you know, April and May. I'm talking between those two months. He had, ele- I mean, he had 11 home runs uh, across those two months. Mm-hmm. He had, I mean, plenty of runs scored. He had the RBIs. He had the great batting average. He was taking walks, uh, you know, pretty, pretty decent. It was kind of average in May, but you know, he was taking walks and, and here's the thing. The plate discipline is still fine. There's nothing wrong with the plate discipline right now, but really since the start of June, he's been atrocious, 
right? I mean, unrushable. And so I was trying to be patient and he's someone I'd keep on my watch list, but in 12 teamers right now, you can absolutely let uh, Anthony Rizzo go. There's just, there's too many other options out there that are interesting, right? Like I'd be willing to kind of roll the dice in a 12 teamer. I would absolutely be rolling the dice on Christian Encarnacion strand right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause Encarnacion strand already has more RBI than uh, Anthony Rizzo did this whole month. Right. <laughs> uh, and he's got four. So uh, I think, you know, this is, you know, Encarnacion strand, he's got good power. I think he should hit a home run about every five games or so, maybe a little more than that. Uh, He's he's someone who I think in a full season is definitely a 30 home run threat. Um, Anthony Rizzo is too, but the way he's looked lately, you know, I'm not sure how you can justify giving him 30 at bats. Mm-hmm. He's just yeah. been so bad. Like so I said, I'm thinking that there's some kind of underlying uh, injury that's that's affecting him. So. It's, I mean, it's got to be so. Maybe I'm being a Yankee apologist, but now <laughs> I, the last thing I'll say about him, you know, I, I try to always say, okay, um, I, I think this guy is upside. What would I need to see to start believing again? Right. And the thing with Anthony Rizzo is he's not getting the ball in the air anymore. Right. Um, really in July, he's he's hitting 47.7% of the balls he hits on the ground. Ground balls have been an issue in the past. Right. Um, he had gotten a little better. So early in the season, he was hitting plenty of stuff in the air. He was hitting line drives. Um, those have all kind of faded away and they've all turned into ground balls, uh, which is the last thing I want to see. So if he starts hitting the ball in the air again, specifically fly balls, right? Um, that's when we could start seeing a, uh, a return to some kind of fantasy usefulness. But right now when everything is rolled to the first baseman faster than he can get there, uh, it, it's just you can't you can't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a first baseman uh, that I think that uh, should be looked at, and he's no stranger to anyone who follows baseball. But Tristan Casas uh, for the Red Sox only rostered in 25 percent of Yahoo leagues, and if you look at what he's done in his last, you know, I don't know, close to a month or so, maybe even longer. But I'm looking at his last 18 games. Batting 333 with five home runs, eight RBI uh, on the season overall, has 14 home runs, 35 RBI. Seems to really finally be on the upswing. Now, this is a guy that the the Red Sox really liked. Um, but I think that, you know, if you're if you're going to be dropping Rizzo, uh, if Casas is out there, and he might be, because like I said, he's only rostered in 25% of Yahoo leagues, is somebody to look at. Yeah, so Tristan Cassis, uh, he's he's got huge power, right? This is another guy. I mean, this is true, like 70-grade power. Um, the only problem with him, and, and it still seems to be the case, is Cassis is still pretty much entirely platooned, right? They, they just don't want to start him against left-handed pitching. I, I can't tell you exactly why, but uh, they don't want to start him against left-handed pitching. So if you need power, that's definitely a guy I'd look for. I mean, I, I can't get through this without recommending Spencer Torkelson, who's hitting the ball a lot better lately. Uh, we're really starting to see his power come alive, getting more balls in the air, uh, getting more balls to the pull field. So so that's been really good. I would drop Rizzo for, uh, you know, I would do it for Cassis. It's got to be a daily league, though, because uh, otherwise I've just got, you've got to manage the lefties because he's going to sit against all of them. Uh, Alex Kirilov is hitting the ball fairly well lately. I'm not quite sure how much he'll play injuries and inconsistency have been a big problem for him, but I'd be willing, you know, I'd be willing to look into that for sure. So 
uh, you know, Kirilov is someone to work, consider Cassis to consider. I'd probably take Torkelson over both of them right now uh, because he does play every single day. And I think we're going to see even more good things from him. Uh, but yeah, so Torkelson, Cassis and Kirilov in ESPN leagues, Kirilov and Torkelson are available in uh, 85% or more of leagues. Cassis only taken in 30% of ESPN leagues. Uh, those, I mean, both, I think all those guys, you know, all three of those guys, I would make the move for, um, it would just be about preference at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I got to check to see, uh, Josh Naylor's ownership or rostership. Oh, uh, it's up now. Yeah, <laughs> he's, yeah. been, he's been hitting the ball really hard. I actually talked about him a little bit, uh, in, in the hitter list because I have always been down on Josh Naylor and that's mm-hmm. because he hits the ball on the ground too much. Right. And it doesn't matter how strong you are. It's the Yandy Diaz situation, right? If all you do is hit the ball into the ground, doesn't matter how hard you hit it. Right. Uh, because it, it can't be more than a single, maybe a double. If you scream a line drive and it gets all the way to the wall. Right. Mm-hmm. But Naylor's been getting the ball up in the air. It's what we've been waiting for. I, I can't tell you how long it's going to last to use Yandy Diaz as an example. He was hit. Yandy was hitting a ton of fly balls right. to start the season and they're all gone. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's why we're not seeing the power that we saw early in the season. Uh, but right now, Josh Naylor getting the ball in the air, getting it in the air consistently. And that's why we're seeing him hit all these home runs. Right. I mean, even just in the last like 15 games, he's got what five home runs, something like that. Uh, he's hitting tons of them. So I, I'm a, I'm a really big fan of what Josh Naylor is doing right now. Uh, I'm just going to be keeping an eye on that, on that fly ball rate, because if it starts to trend down, that's when we'll see the production take a step back. Doesn't mean he can't be rostered. He's still a decent player, but that's the difference from Josh Naylor being a back end outfielder, corner infielder to being a must start first baseman. Uh, it, it's that ground ball, the fly ball rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's uh, uh, rostered in 89% of uh, Yahoo league. So forget, but, um, and obviously I'm no fan of Josh Naylor after, you know, he, uh, what he did to uh, Gary Cole in the playoffs last year, you know, basically just rocking the baby after he hit a home run off of him. But Naylor, 15 home runs, the entire uh, Cleveland Guardian team only has 71. So he's, he's a big, big chunk of their offense. Yeah, what a, what a weird team. Like I said in the very beginning, the, the, the AL Central's bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's real bad. But yeah, Naylor and Jose Ramirez, uh, and of course the resurging uh, Andre Simenez, who, right. you know, I, I think he's never going to be as good as he, you know, I think last season I worried that that might've been the ceiling uh, and it kind of looks like it was the ceiling for him. But I do think that there's still plenty of talent here. I think that Jimenez can still finish the season with like 15 home runs, 20 stolen bases. I think the rest of the way he can hit 260 to 270. Uh, and that makes him a very valuable second baseman uh, just to sort of wrap up on the guardians. But yeah, Naylor, Naylor is someone who, you know, he's already got 15 home runs. He could certainly hit another, if he keeps hitting the ball in the air like this, he could definitely hit another eight to 10. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but again, that we're still talking about a ceiling there. Uh, you know, Josh Naylor is still like a 25 home run ceiling. It's just a lot more feasible now because he's getting that ball in the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Try to see. Yeah. That's basically what the projection systems predict. They predict anywhere from eight to 10 more home runs for Josh Naylor for the rest of the season. So, you know, could be something that you might yeah. want to try trade for. I, I will say that the ceiling could even be a little higher than that. I mean, so Naylor uh, can continue to hit for a high average because he does just hit the ball really hard, even when it doesn't go in the air and it's more of a line drive or a grounder. Uh, but, you know, with with Naylor, 
you know, we are, you know, 25 home runs, I think would be great. I, I think there is maybe a, a ceiling above that. If he shows this elevated fly ball rate all season uh, for the rest of this season, mm-hmm. right? Then next season, you know, right now, 25 feels like a really hard cap, but if he keeps hitting the ball in the air like this, he's got the power, uh, Josh Naylor to, to be even above that. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just, he hasn't had, he hasn't been able to hit with that kind of power yet uh, consistently, but he's doing it now. So he could become like a 25 to 30 home run potential guy going into next season. If the fly ball rate stays up. There you go. Great stuff as always from uh, Scott Chu. Uh, that just about slams the lid on things for this week. You could follow uh, Scott Chu at if the Chu fits, you could follow me at Joe Galina. And uh, as we like to say, I hope that all of your fantasies become realities. And we'll see you next time.